We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Osmond's done a good job on Brunson. Reaching in. Boy, a lot of contact. Randall drives on Mobley. Spins toward a double team. Pass to Hartenstein. Back to Josh Hart. Shot clock at four. Now at three. Hart, three-pointer. Bang! Josh Hart from downtown as the shot clock expired. And that was on the B-line, folks. No room for error as he switched it through. More Hart heroics here in Cleveland. It's a two-point Nick lead. Mitchell gets a clean look. Mitchell can't answer. Hart with another rebound, and he's fouled by Mitchell. That's the tenth rebound for Josh Hart. Let's take a look at Hart. Folks. Hey, new Knicks fans. Guess who's back? <laughs> What's going on, Jeremy? How you doing? <laughs> doing fantastic, John. It's an emergency pod. How are you doing? Uh, well, it's I mean, look. Yeah, it's not, but it is. <laughs> if I had. So this news broke as a quick aside. This news broke as um, I was maybe seven minutes into um, the three-hour epic currently in theaters known as Oppenheimer. If this was truly an emergency pod, I would have turned to Dolores. I would have said, honey, we've done nothing but either prepare to move, move, or live with the repercussions of our move for the last three weeks. I'm now going to leave you alone in this movie theater to watch this three-hour movie about this man and the bomb he created to go rush back to Brooklyn and hop in front of the laptop. That would have been an emergency live stream, my friend. This is something else. I don't know what this is, but it's... Can I one-up you on this one? Sure, please. (laughs) So uh, I'm on vacation. You can't tell if you're watching this behind me. This is not what my room usually looks like. Well, I get that's your skin color that you're on vacation. (laughs) Yeah, unbelievable, right? I know. I don't just turn to a lobster. But I... um, So I'm in Ireland and I'm with... uh, I'm moving around, but... uh, Incredible host, Alex Collins, Knicks fan TV, KFS here, wonderful host, wonderful person. And we were going to the cliffs of uh, Amor today. Very and nice. I knew that it was going to break because August 9th, it's that sh- also shout out to my parents. Happy 36th anniversary. Uh, hey, very nice. They watched the beginning of the pod and then they tune it out when we talk about basketball. So I figured I'd talk about it early. Um, <laughs> but we're going on, we're heading to the cliffs of Amor and the news breaks. That would have been where I'm like, turn around. I don't need to see one of the greatest wonders of the world. I just need to get home and record an emergency pod because X, Y, and Z. But fortunately, because it wasn't that big of an emergency. And we knew this was going to happen I was about to say, on this day. So it works because out. Because something that we knew was going to happen today <laughs> happened in exactly the way we knew it yep. was going to happen. 
when we talked about it, um, whatever, whenever the day is that he that he opted in, and it was very clear that this is where this was leading to. So yeah, I mean, we could just get right into it from that perspective. Um, it is a bit of a, a a strange, not strange situation, but like it's anticlimactic. We knew it was coming. For me personally, and I know for you as well, I think I don't want to put words in your mouth, but to me, the most interesting part of the news today was not the tweet from Woj saying that uh, he had signed a four-year $81 million extension, but the retweet of that tweet, which says that sides are working through the final details today, which lets me know that perhaps, 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 perhaps there may be some little nooks and crannies in this extension in terms of perhaps some team optionality on the last year. Perhaps, um, as I know, you know, uh, Brock Aller is is very fond of doing, putting in some some kind of incentives into this contract. So um, that's the other part of it is I, I don't even feel like we have the final news, but just, you know, it's like we knew it was going to happen. It's a contract I feel pretty good about. I think you feel pretty good about it. I, I don't have too much more to add, even though I'm sure we'll get into some of the stuff. Sure. I interpreted that as the incentives part. You know, uh, sure. Stefan Bondi wrote that he was hearing it was around $75 million. Yep. So I would imagine that maybe there's $6 million, assuming what Bondi said is correct. That would pave the way with exactly as you said, Brock Aller loves his incentives and unlikely bonuses. So that would certainly create that opportunity. Yeah. You know, I mean, this agreed. The writing was on the wall that obviously. Josh Hart played a big role in ensuring Dante DiVincenzo could be with the Knicks and that the Knicks could be below the tax. So yes, it very much felt like the writing was on the wall. The nice thing about it will be if those bonuses are unlikely, I would imagine there's certainly an element there, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what the final numbers are. There was obviously some thought of, Hey, what if this is a descending deal? There was a little bit of hope, maybe because there were some contracts, just a couple that were signed in the offseason that were not second contract players, where it was descending. But mm -hmm. given the number where it falls, 81, that's probably going to be close to the absolute max that Josh Hart could have signed for, which uh, would have been a little under 81.3. I think just a little discrepancy in terms of reporting. If that's the case, absolutely an ascending deal, just about the little hidden stuff, The as you said, nooks and crannies mm -hmm. there. Yeah, um, we'll see what happens with that. We don't want to speculate on anything that hasn't been reported. I mean, I, just zooming out, um, my two here are my two big picture thoughts. First big picture thought, uh, with the exception of Emmanuel Quickly, and we should note that uh, Ian Bagley reported earlier today that I forget. I don't want to put words in Ian's mouth, but it's something along the lines of he, he expects a quickly extension to get done before the season. So we could even asterisk in Emmanuel quickly into this. Basically, the entire Knicks roster now, with the exception of Quentin Grimes, again, putting quickly aside, we assume he's going to get paid. They all, they've all gotten their paydays. Like they're all secure financially for, you know, the foreseeable future. Obviously, Jalen Brunson and, and Julius Randle will have the opportunity to, um, opt out in a couple of years and we'll see what 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 they want to do with that. So I think from a perspective of like keeping this the ship steering in the right direction and and not having anybody feel like they, you know, if they're sacrificing for the team, they are hurt, you know, hurting themselves in terms of their earning potential in the process. Um and again, Grimes is the only one who's still on his rookie deal. I think Grimes, we all have faith, is, is going to continue to do you know the right things in terms of what what he does on the court. Um, that's number one. And number two, 
Like I, I, I feel like it again. I, I don't want to keep repeating myself with what we talk about on here and what we've been talking about on here for the last two months. But like, this is another mid-tier salary. And you know, Fred tweeted about it the other, the, I think yesterday, Fred Katz of the Athletic. And now it won't be this year, but starting I think next year. Um, Mitchell Robinson, assuming the quickly extension gets done and assuming everybody is still here, which we, we don't know if it is, but if everybody was still here, Mitchell Robinson would become um, the highest paid, sixth highest paid player on any team in basketball in terms of his 14 point whatever million dollar salary. And yet the Knicks highest paid player uh, salary a year from now would be Julius Randle at like 30, which would put him, I don't know where that ranks in terms of like the highest paid highest paid guys but it's somewhere in the 20s so they have really assembled themselves a collection of contracts right in that sweet spot which again you talk about it a lot more than i do um you know it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out where this is where, where who knows where it's going to head where the knicks potentially foresee this heading in terms of putting together stuff something for a deal yeah you know, i don't want to give off the impression that there are various players on the Knicks, especially not named Jalen Brunson, who are untradeable or who are untouchable, I should say. But it also, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, is Josh Hart going to be moved down the line? I mean, yeah, sure. You could talk about stars and all that stuff. Like, is it a sort of thing where is he just here consistently? And a piece, you know, same thing with DiVincenzo, where it's like, their players in the Knicks would obviously be comfortable moving, but are there yeah. players that they would rather move first or that would command more on the trade front anyway that would require getting the star in the building? It doesn't really matter at this point. You know, for Hart, if you look at a lot of the guys who are getting signed, he's kind of in that spot where this is a fair deal. It's yeah. it would have been nicer if it were less. But also we were talking about someone like him making $18 million this year. And that would have then caused havoc on Again, getting DiVincenzo. I was about to say, probably no DiVincenzo. Right. So he made a choice, but he also got compensated for it. He got a max contract, so to speak. And he's not going to be dealt this year because he's ineligible to be traded. So it's really nice to be able for him to have that sort of security when the Knicks certainly took off when he was acquired. I mean, to me, this was always kind of a no-brainer. And I'm glad he felt that way. And it this is essentially the Knicks having their cake and eating it too from an off-season signing perspective. Yeah, and like we should also note that I, I don't want to compare it to the situation, but it was the first one that popped into my mind. It's like it, you know, much like you know Dallas with Kyrie, you give up a future unprotected first, you give up you know your best wing defender. Like you, you make that sort of in season trade, you kind of are between a rock and a hard place. You have to resign the guy. This was not to that level for several reasons. One, I wouldn't want Kyrie Irving anywhere near my team, um, but also like the Knicks didn't give up nearly as much to bring Josh Hart aboard. But like once they gave up a first round pick for him for as much as he helped them last year, like you don't like it was pretty clear when they made that trade that they always wanted to keep him around long term. And look, I think he's a great fit. I think if you're a naysayer for this contract, I, I, I don't know how you could be a naysayer over the money because like just look around at contracts that were signed this year or last summer it's like this is what you pay for a fifth starter or a six man type right any you agree with that right mm -hmm. yeah there's there's i mean it's just again just look at the other contracts that are that are signed in the league at, at, at for these sorts of players um if you're a naysayer i think it has to be over the fact that like a team that showed itself in the playoffs to be in more more need of more 
willing shooting, more consistent shooting, more meaningful shooting. Just locked up a guy for four more years that is not the most willing outside shooter. I get that. Um, I think there, as we've been saying, are there still kinks to be worked out with the roster? Everybody knows that. It's not the final product, at least in terms of when we envision them, hopefully, knock on wood, becoming a contender. But that's not something that you, you know, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater with that. And Josh Hart, I think, is clearly the sort of guy that, you know, 30 NBA teams would like to have. Um, we'll see, you know, what his what his role kind of settles into here. He kind of became just like, I mean, he was he was he was one of Tom Thibodeau's comfort blankets, you know, last season after they got him. I'll be curious, does he still stay in that like 30, 31, 32 minute range? Does he go down more to like 25 minutes a game. I mean, as again, another thing we've been talking about that this just solidifies the Knicks have now a lot of guys that they're going to need to get minutes. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens, but I think it's a good day, you know, expected nothing, nothing bad about this for me. No. And I think you also kind of have to consider he opted in. If you factor that in and think of it as a five-year contract, it's mm-hmm. five years, $94.2 million. And again, I think in some naysayers' minds, it might be like, well, that's practically 100 and you're giving 20 million. It's like, okay, well, again, as you just said, we have to wait for some of the guarantees to come into play. But all right, if he's making $18 million a year through the rest of his prime and he's in New York and was able to create other opportunities and avenues to add more talent, mm-hmm. this is a win. It just, but yes, he's the main, the main thing is it's just he's got to hit the corner threes. Yeah. That's really like, yes, you wanted to be a more willing shooter. And that was certainly a thing. And he came to New York and they basically said, no, shoot more, shoot more than you have been in Portland. So he's been working on that. would hope for more than that, but it's really the corners. I mean, the Knicks love wings who can hit corner threes. And if that's how their offense can flow and if the heart can just do that consistently and switch on defense, like he usually does, uh, you're going to be in good shape and you have options like you just mentioned. So it's important for that. And yeah, this is one of those things where it was kind of a no brainer. No yeah. other way to say it. It's going to be interesting. Um, I, a fun. We should monitor this throughout the year. Uh, closing lineups, because obviously Hart was part of the consistent closing lineup after we got here last year. Uh, I wonder if that's going to be the same this year, or will it be more of a game to game thing where maybe the Knicks are down by six or eight or something with you know three or four or five minutes to go in a game, and Tibbs feels like he needs a more a guy who's just like more ready to fire or is, is, is heart just going to be the default option? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. Uh, you said it before, but just to reemphasize and you've been, you mentioned this for the first time months ago. So credit to you for knowing that the dates lined up, that this would be the case. But uh, again, Fred put out a thread on it yesterday. Josh Hart is not getting traded this year. He he cannot. He's not allowed to because the NBA trade deadline is within six months of this uh, extension. So he's going to be the Nick for us this year. Uh, that was that is now guaranteed. Uh, anything else for you? And then we'll just see if there's anybody has any thoughts or comments. That's about it. Hopefully, we got some comments there to to yeah. spice things up a little more. I mean, listen, it's it's what is this today? It's August 9th. I mean, geez. Mm-hmm. Um, there's it, talk. I've never remember the NBA being this dead. In terms of like topic of conversation, it's funny though. It feels I hear you, and yet with Dame, with Siakam, yeah. with Harden, like oh. it feels kind of like Mitchell last year, but just a less serious version of it. Like it's chicken. Whereas last year we at least got some real offers coming in, at least reported offers. But yeah, generally speaking, it's just you know I, 
I don't know. There's a part of me that feels like this is turning back into a 12 month job. Like there are lulls, but it's not really (laughs) a dead period. And so I don't mind it. It's fun to talk about basketball in the middle of August vacation or not. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what, what uh, anybody wants to talk about. Again, if you're watching, thanks for watching. Uh, There's probably something else you'd be doing right now. It is summertime. It is nice. Whether you are in Ireland, Brooklyn or anywhere else, we appreciate you uh, being a part of this. And uh, yeah, anything you guys want to chat about, we'll be here for a bit. So let's do it. Alex starts us off. Jeremy, how did you get so tan? It's a great question. I don't know. I really don't. But I can tell you, um, the sun decided to come out today. I don't know how. And I put sunscreen on and everything. But I, it's also probably the lighting. This isn't my natural lighting. But I'll take it. You know, us pasty white boys, sometimes we got to get a little color going on, especially in the summer. So uh, yeah, I don't know. This is modern mystery, but... I will accept my new feature for, I don't know, a few days before it wears off. Thank you, Alex. You look good with a tan. I gotta say. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's a good look. Um, who would you rather have for the next four years? Grimes or I thought it was gonna be Grimes or Hart. Grimes or Matherin. Um I can't say I watched enough of indie this year to have a really meaningful opinion on Ben Matherin. I know he kind of fizzled towards the end of the year. He also had a pretty high usage rate. Uh that's a good. I mean, Matherin's like the 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 right answer, right? I feel like, but I love Quentin Grimes. Yeah, it's so dependent on role. But I'm with you. I didn't watch enough of Matherin to make as educated of a answer as I would like. I mean, you know, what do you really want? Is Matherin going to be close to your secondary scorer? Is Grimes going to be more of your off ball yeah. wing? Um, like I hate to say apples to oranges, but it's, it, it does feel kind of that way. If it, I again, I, I shouldn't even say this out loud because I did not watch it enough of Indiana. But from what I know about Ben Matherin, it seems like maybe his destiny is going to be like a Tyler Hero role, maybe a better defender than that. But someone who's a, a um, big time offensive threat can like run your offense off the bench. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe he's a better shooter that, well, I mean, Hero's a very good shooter. Maybe he's a good enough shooter and a good enough defender that he's just like, he's a better version of Grimes with more shot creation. I don't know. Um, I did find it kind of funny though, and you, I'm sure you didn't listen to this. I just, I've been running errands uh, the last few days. So I happened to listen to Simmons and Russillo do their expansion draft and they went through like who teams would protect and then the, the pick and they, they left Quentin Grimes unprotected from the Knicks. Um, they protected Hardenstein instead. And uh, wouldn't you know it, who was the first pick in their expansion draft? Quentin Grimes. Yeah. So, that's kind of funny. But yeah. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Dirty Dancer. Do you think that iHeart will be willing to sign for the 140% raise like Josh Hart did? Um, Hart's, uh, iHeart's on the books for, was it, nine point something next year? Mm-hmm. So 14 million would be the number he's going to be 20 was it 26 27 something like that 27 maybe whereabouts um i don't know the the beef stew extension really i i mean i said this when it got signed threw me for a loop like are we paying backed up centers like 16 million dollars a year now i know he's a a, a higher ceiling player maybe because he's younger and he's been dabbling with the corner threes and stuff but i i don't know what do you think maybe on a three-year deal Isaiah Stewart, easy, for anybody who doesn't know who Beef Stew is. Sorry. Well, I got an easy answer for yeah. this one. The answer is no, because Isaiah Hartenstein cannot extend on his current contract. Well, that's a good one. So for the 140% that Josh Hart got, it's because he was extension eligible. I heard is not extension eligible. Um, 
So, you know, it could be the sort of thing where if he gets to free agency, that the Knicks are more than comfortable paying him to be in that backup role. Uh, presuming don't they want to Emmanuel quickly here? There are potentially other upgrades that they want in the meantime as well. But it does make me wonder, you know, the Knicks haven't exactly been in that many situations where they've had players that they have kept afterwards uh, that they can't extend. I mean, they did that in 2021 where they couldn't extend someone like Alec Burks. Uh, so they just resigned him when he hit free agency. It's not to say that they wouldn't want to bring a, um, heart back. It's just a question of, is he worth bringing back at the price point of that 100? Let's say it is, let's say he signed for 140% just for semantics. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And how, like how eager are the Knicks to switch up at the five, right? If, are we talking about Joel Embiid? Are we talking yeah. about Giannis Antetokounmpo? If we're talking about either of those guys, then you need to find a five who is not exactly like Isaiah Hartenstein because you want someone who complements each of their skill sets or is more of a plug and play. Like the Knicks just like having, you know, next man up. Okay, this player can absolutely fit into what we're doing. So I'm just curious as to what, I don't know, we talked about this on a podcast not too long ago and it just left me feeling like, wow, it, I do wonder about Isaiah Hartenstein and what his future looks like here. But in terms of the role that he has, I mean, he's, I would say he's close to worth a little less than 140% of the max of his deal. But I also feel like if he were to hit free agency at what, 25, 26 years old, whatever he'll be next year, that he could find a a suitor to bring him in for 15 million. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, are there teams that he could theoretically be a starting center for? Sure. But those are going to be younger teams. And I would imagine they're probably not that they don't want to, they may not want to commit that much money to, you know, a guy who's already in by that point going to be on the back half of his 20s. I don't know. Um, I think it's like you kind of just implied is so dependent on what the Knicks do at other spots. Do they try to get in a position where, you know, their backup four can also be their backup five. Maybe their starting four could also be their backup five. Like whatever, you know. Um, but I think they like him. I think he likes it here. So we'll see. Absolutely. Dimitri, uh, question. With the Knicks re-signing Hart, they have a plethora of guards making a similar amount. When is the big trade coming? Summer 2024 or summer 2025? Uh, or, or if those are the two options, I mean, my God, throw a dart. Um, I would say sooner rather than later. I would say... If you're asking me to bet right now, I'd say 2024. I'd probably say the same, but it depends on the market. You know, if if it's not working in Philadelphia, then that's an opportunity. But if it is working and they do something like let's say they get Dame, he's off the table. Um, and he being Joel Embiid, if Giannis Antetokounmpo decides he doesn't want to go anywhere, and he extends with the Bucks, then 2024 is out. So it's the sort of thing where like I wish that the answer were as concise as that, but it's just so player dependent, but I'll, I'll go with you. You know, I think that it feels like one of those players I just mentioned is not going to be in the most optimal situation. So I will, especially for the sake of my sanity, I'll say 2024 that's I, for the big trade, but we shall see. I will, I'll just throw in. It was so easy. This Maybe not easy for the Knicks, but it felt easy for us looking from the outside, looking in for the Knicks to say no to the various opportunities that were available because they weren't that great of opportunities. 
the tough part for them is, and yes, I'm talking about Donovan Mitchell, because Donovan Mitchell, I personally think Donovan Mitchell was is a better opportunity for them as a trade target than any of the names that were bandied about this summer, whether you're talking about Carl Anthony Towns or or your beloved uh, Zach Levine. Um, so like if if that becomes a possibility, uh, I'm being a little facetious. Yeah, uh, no, I get, I get. If, if that becomes a possibility, um, you know, and there's I, I wrote about this a little bit this week for the newsletter. Like, do you go for Donovan Mitchell? You know, do you again, do you have a repeat of what happened last summer where it's like, well, we'll go for him, but only if we feel like we have enough left in the pot for like another trade that I think it, it, that becomes a little bit more complicated. I'll be very curious to see what happens if they if that if they are faced with that um, decision. But we'll we'll see. Yeah, what's going on here? Uh, thoughts on Sham, Sham's report that OG will command $30 million a year in uh, free agency. Thanks for all the content this summer, gents. I I think he's going to command more than that. Um, I just like... Jeremy Grant got 32 a year, and OG is younger, and I would argue better uh, than Jeremy Grant. Say nothing of the fact that I think he may have like a higher ceiling that we haven't really seen yet. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's crazy at all. Um, do you? No, I'd be surprised if he signed for anything less than that. Anyway, I just like, again, like what you're saying, we're talking about someone who's going to be 27 years old, I believe. And he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. He's a wing defender with size. Uh, he hits corner threes. Like it's nobody's business. He's fantastic at that. He's one of the, worse ISO players in the league, but there's opportunity for him to see more reps. Uh, he's absolutely going to be in demand. It's just a question of what teams can actually afford him. And I don't mean that necessarily in terms of um, cap space, but that is a significant issue. And it just kind of feels like so much of how the NBA is working right now is if you trade for a player, you get his you get his rights. I mean, we knew that, right? We knew that you're always going to get a bird rights of a player, but you trade for him, you're almost guaranteeing that he will be with your team throughout because the way the market works, it's just hard for him to do that. Yeah. But like you just said with Jeremy Grant, I mean, the Blazers, it's not like another team was really coming in and going to make life hell for them. And they still gave him that much money. It, from the outside looking in, it didn't seem like a ton of leverage was there. So, uh, and yet he still got what he needed. And as the league, keep, you know, as the salary cap keeps increasing and everything, I don't see why 30 is that crazy. Like, Andrew Wiggins is making $26 million, but he signed his contract a few years ago. Uh, you've got Cameron Johnson, who just signed for yeah. $24 million. I would say OG Ananobi is a better player than him. He's certainly more... I, I mean, they're practically the same age, too. Cameron Johnson's an older guy. Yeah. Um, Dylan Brooks just signed for $22 million. I believe it was a descending contract, but... A bit right, insane, yeah. right. And we don't have to use that as like, oh, well, because of this, it's that. It's just more an example of when you're as good as... OG and Obi is the price is going to increase, especially as inflation keeps going. Every year, lock into a contract, and it feels like it's a huge thing, and it's just because the market hasn't caught up to what the rate is. We we have everybody just I, we can't say it enough. Throw all of your preconceived notions about contract value out the window, and it is and man, life is coming at us fast because I was looking. To, I was looking yesterday. Donovan Mitchell only made thirty million dollars last year, you know, and he's on a max. That's the thing. He's mm -hmm. on a max contract, paid thirty million dollars because that's his his salary bracket, and it's just um, you know, the numbers are, are going to get very different. So we should prepare ourselves for that.
For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Dirty Dancer, is it likely we have the full MLE next year? Um, uh, you You would know this off the top of your head better than me. I think yes. Well, it'd probably be the tax mid-level exception because based on how the Knicks, you know, I mean, it depends on what's deal with quickly uh, with Hartenstein. Are there other salaries coming into the books that would cause the Knicks where they're hard capped and not able to do that? So I feel more let's comfortable saying nothing. It, let, let's assume they do well, nothing what is, except Fournier goes off the books okay. and Quickly's extension clocks in at, let's say it starts at 18 a year, you know? And I then guess in that sense Hartenstein? You're saying? Uh, oh, well, yeah, it would depend on Arnstein, right? It would. Yeah, it would depend on Arnstein. Um, yeah, that's basically the answer. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Um, I want to say they'd be above it. That's my guess. But if there's still more... All right, so looking now, I just decided to just look quickly. They probably let's say we we're qu- quickly for eighteen million dollars starting salary. And you got Josh Hart's deal coming into play now. You have Hartenstein's cap hold, and you've Dante Divincenzo's contract and McBride's cap hold. You'd have eleven point two million dollars in space for the, the based on tax. based on the and, and that's the other thing that again why the reported numbers are different than what the actual numbers are probably going to be because the NBA's projections are very different than the 
I don't know what even to call them, the Woj projections. Like the, all these reporters are are in the business of making these players look good because their agents are happy and then their agents feed them more news. So when Woj reports three years, 180, whatever the fuck he reported for Anthony Davis, that is probably not the real number. The real number is going to come in, whatever, 10 or, or 12 or whatever million dollars less than that because the NBA cap is, and Keith Smith explained this brilliantly in his Jalen Brown article a few days ago. Um, mm-hmm. the, the cap is probably only going to go up by less than 5% the numbers that Woj reports predict a 10% increase. So what are we going to get? Are we going to get the craziest uh, increase or are we going to get the conservative increase? We, we don't know that. So, Right. And then just like, even if we're playing with the numbers I just mentioned, there's a cap hold or there's a roster charge, excuse me, yep. that's there. So that drops down a bit. And then I know the Knicks have not made a significant draft pick in the last two drafts, but they have several picks. So forget about the second round picks because there's the new second round exception that doesn't count towards yep. end of July, but let's say they keep at least one of those first round picks that's going to cut into it more. So the tax mid level is a safer bet, but it really just depends on how else they go about this and what the number for heart would be. I'm I'll just throw in, I don't think it matters because if the roster stays as is, they're not really going to have room for a player to come in and, and play the amount of minutes and command the role that that sort of money would require. Um, and on the flip side, if they make the sort of consolidation trade that we think that they're going to try to make and you're sending out two or three rotation players for one and the result is that you do end up only with the tax mid level, let's just say for argument's sake, um, at that point, ostensibly you'll be a contender and you're probably going to find a pretty good player who's going to want to come and play for you. Probably an older player is going to want to come play for you for the tax mid level, which by the way is going to be a nice chunk of change next year. So, yeah. Um, next up, Matt from uh, Down Under, getting all parts of the world covered here. Loved seeing JB and Jay Hart playing well for Team USA. Well, we should know uh, Hart didn't play yet uh, because he, because this contract wasn't agreed to yet. But he'll, uh, I don't, I think their their next game is the twelfth, so we we would anticipate him um, playing in that. Uh, not as good as the Aussie boys, though. Hope you're both having a good break. Hashtag tanned Jeremy. Brought I really don't think I'm that tan in real life, but I'll you're, take it. I know you're looking extraordinarily tan right now. I know. I think it might just be the shoddy lighting and the sun beating down on my face, but I'll take it. You know, I've always wanted to be a tan individual and it's harder to do with my complexion and hair color. By the way, it's nice to not be like one of the few redheads in an area. It's great to just look out and see my uh, fellow brethren and sisters and I, I nod to them and they look at me puzzled like, why are you nodding at me? But I know it's because... We're redheads and we stick together no matter where. I wish I had that level of kinship with any other person that shares common traits. I just don't. (laughs) It's fair. Short short Italians don't quite stick together in the same way as much as I wish we did. Uh, Thanks, Matt. Shout out to you. And yeah, it'll be exciting to see these guys continue to play for Team USA. Uh, Ben, what's going on, Ben? Uh, Question one, how long can we operate as an apron team? Uh without losing too much flexibility. We'll get back to that in a second. Question two is the way to retain flexibility um, 10 to 15% of the cap deals. Well, I'll throw my two cents in for the second one. I think it, it retaining flexibility. The, and again, I feel like I'm, I'm parroting Fred because he, he has discussed this a lot in his articles throughout the year. The whole point of retaining flexibility is you, you can make, 
the trade for the star player. So by definition, if you are retaining flexibility, eventually your goal is to have something other than 10 to 15% of the cap contracts on your books. Um, so I, but I guess, yes, to answer this question. Yeah, that is the best way to retain flexibility um, or just sign really, really good players, even if they're on maxes. The, the first question where we should note that they're not an apron team at all. They're not a first apron team. They're not a second team. They're not even a tax team right now. Um, I, th- I think this is just a question about the CBA. Like, how long can you be a second apron team without losing too much flexibility? I I want to say when you get it, you get docked a pick if you're a second apron team for two years. I, know, I forget. I, it's been a while since I looked at the new CBA. Whatever. It's they don't give you very long. They want. I mean, if you dip into the second apron for a season. I think they want you to get out of that bad boy in like a year, maybe two. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, There's, we, yeah. Yes, and I'd say that for the second question, Ben, it's not just uh, ten to fifteen percent of the cap. It's ten to fifteen percent of the cap for players worth that amount. Because if you and I know, like this was kind of going on. A main reason why I was very much against the Knicks going out and getting, say, like a Seth Curry for a mid-level exception was because that contract isn't going to age very well. And a couple of years later, it's kind of, okay, well, what are you doing? How are you moving this player? And it's, well, we can't really move him because yes, it's salary, but other teams don't necessarily want that salary. So we're sort of stuck with him. So our options are far more limited. So as long as you get players who you see the upward trend and aren't kind of living off of their name and their past performance, mm. that's where you get better deals. And like, that's the thing that Fournier should have been, right? It should have say. still been, he's, I think he was 28 years old and we knew what he could do on the offensive end. And it was strong. And we knew what he could do on the defensive end. It was not strong. And it was okay. Well, you can still work through this to hold it up. And the Knicks had someone better than Quentin Grimes and Fournier just wasn't able to provide what they did, what, what they needed him to, and what he needed to, to stay in the rotation. And, uh, now here we are at the point where he's expiring salary and that's kind of the way it goes, not going to be included as part of a star. And, but now you can still be included for a starter, um, but it's more like you have to add other things along with that in order to make that work. I was about to say that I I think for as much as Fournier's value tanked about as much as I think any of us could have conceived fair or unfair. I'm not blaming him just all the caveats, but like if the star trade was there, he would have been thrown into it. And with no problem, like we we wouldn't have had an issue. So it's less about him, and it's more the fact that the trade wasn't there. But I'm even I'll even go a step further. Like in a scenario where I'm getting off, I don't want to go down this road. But like, let's say there were three more years left of Fournier at this money, and he had his current value. Like that's not like if a trade if a team is trading you their star, they're ostensibly rebooting. So like you know. So what? You have to take on several years, like you rehab the player's value, and then all of a sudden it's like there's two years left on the deal. And like I don't know. It's 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 nice that for teams who are looking like I mean, the long and the short of it is there aren't really that many horrendous contracts left in the league, you know, absent a, a an injury situation like a like Alonzo Ball, feel bad about that, or a Ben Simmons, like, you know, not that much. Yeah, no, you're right. There really aren't. And we also saw almost saw Evan Fournier be traded for Donovan Mitchell. 
And we, we know that if there were a Paul George trade that were to come about, it would have had to have featured Evan Forney. So it's not like his name has not been included. It's just the Knicks have not pulled the trigger on that player. I think if fans want to, um, you know, begrudge whether or not those trades happen, that's a different story. But it's not like the Knicks are holding on to him and saying, we don't want to move him because of where it's at. It's no, we want to move him and we want to move him for a star. It just hasn't been the right time or place for us to be able to do that. And uh, given those players and the costs that it would have or it did take to get them, um, I'm I'm very much at peace with where they're at right now with regards to a player like Fournier. Yeah, I think that the next interesting thing, assuming no trade materializes before then, uh, with Fournier will be whether he's with the team on the first day of camp or whether they have a conversation with him and say, you know, go enjoy South of France. Uh, DK Hushu, what's going on? I like this extension. Well-deserved. Hart is a needle mover for this team. With that being said, I fully expect Bridges and Lowry to be on this team soon. Um, okay. Well, uh, Kyle Lowry is a $30 million expiring contract. Uh, I am, I would imagine, well, no, he's not, he's probably, is he going to be a blazer soon? I mean, if it's Hero going, what? Well, he very easily could be in terms of the money that it would take. If they force, because I don't want to get into that whole thing, but like, because the Blazers could force them to take back Nurkic, and then you're talking about compiling a lot of salary together if you're the Heat. Um, I don't know. We'll see. The Bridges thing is like, man, I don't know the Nick fan alive that wouldn't love Mikael Bridges on this team. I just, all indications are that Brooklyn seems to view him as a cornerstone of their franchise at this point. And uh, he's got three more years left on his deal. Um, but yeah. oh, no, I, I think this Hush is, may this be joking. Is, okay. Yeah. He's 100% joking. Well, making a Villanova joke. Yes. Well, no, but I, maybe that's why he is saying it because like, I don't think it's crazy to expect another Nova guy to end up here. I agree. Ryan Archidiakono is going to look great. In exactly. Blue once again, Eric yes. Michel, he'll be there. I mean, I, I just don't think those are the two guys that are going to make it. I, I laughed, Hush, when you said sent the super chat. I, I the intention was to make us laugh. Oh, another all the Nova guys are just gonna go play for the Knicks. The Nova Knicks is what they're gonna be renamed to. My my default is to take everything seriously, as you know. To my detriment. John hates fun. Yes. <laughs> as evidenced many a times. Yes. Playback, playback wedding, wedding, etc. Yes, indeed. Drink, sure by we- the way. <laughs> What? That's the new drinking game. Apparently, when my wedding gets mentioned, we have to. It's the new Zach Lowe. That, oh, okay. It's the new drinking game. So um, there you go. I don't have anything poured, uh, unfortunately, but I'll take it at home. If you're drinking something, as long as you're not driving, please drink. There you go. You, I, I have the, right the disclaimer. Okay, you're driving around listening to a podcast later is what I mean. <laughs> the. Fr- don't do don't drive and listen and watch us. Uh, Brian Valderrama, uh, are the Knicks the deepest team in the NBA? Uh, shit, if you listen to Simmons and, and Rusillo's expansion pod, you'd believe it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like, what what is your de- is your definition of death like depth death? Uh, get dark in a hurry. Depth like who has the best ninth man or who has the best eighth man or who has the best like got, who has the most quality players that are like currently out of a team's rotation. Um, or does depth like start at the top? Like, I think there's an argument that the the Nuggets have the deepest team in the NBA because you know they're you know their fourth best guy is like I don't know 
don't even know who you would define as their fourth best guy. Um, but he's a really good player. You know, it depends on what your definition to depth is, but I do think what's nice about the Knicks is we're looking at a team that, like the team that ended last year, at no point will they, barring injury, at no point will they put a five-man unit on the floor at any point during a 48-minute game where you're like, man, we're really having trouble surviving these minutes because of this guy or this guy's a target or this guy's a real weak spot on offense or whatever the case may be. Like they, They're going to have five good basketball players out there at all times this year. Which is nice. I usually interpret kind of like the deepest team as one where their rotation is overflowing with talent. Um, but e- but even still, no matter how you look at it, yeah, the Knicks are certainly one of the deeper time, one of the deeper teams. It feels like they've been that way for a handful of years, where it's yeah. like, yeah, there's not a lot of top end talent, but um, there's a lot of depth here. Ever since the 2019 team, where it was a, a swing and the miss um, for Durant and a co-star. But the difference here is it feels like the Knicks actually have a top heavy level of talent as opposed to just relying on good, solid players that you kind of hope maybe get flipped at the deadline mm-hmm. and you can then turn that into something else and uh, as a result. So, yeah, I'd say they're certainly one of the deeper teams, but yeah, they've got to convert that into top end talent for sure. I'd, just a matter of one. I'd give I'd give it just a quick tip of the cap to two other teams. Um one OKC who is like going to need to cut. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's going to be Trey man. Mm-hmm. or if it's going to be Usman Garuba, the kid from Washington, uh, from Washington from Kentucky, Ty Ty Washington, who they just got in trade. Like they're going to cut a good player or maybe multiple good players before they go into camp um, to say nothing of like a, some good basketball players that are not going to be part of their rotation. And then obviously Lakers Cam Reddish might not even get minutes for the Lakers this year. Do you believe that? Yeah, no, they're a deeper team. Very deep. That time I think John was joking. <laughs> I can Whatever joke. Minute, I like fun. Whatever minutes he gets, we know that they will be meaningful. Extraordinarily meaningful. <laughs> Last one. Okay, hush. How big of a smile did Tibbs have after the news? I think Tibbs knew this was coming. Well, you know why he had a smile? Because now he gets to watch Josh play for Team USA. With Jalen Brunson, uh, now that this is officially done, so yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Tim's loves Josh Hart because every coach loves a guy like Josh Hart. Um, he does all the things that don't necessarily show up on the box score, um, but that do help you win games. And um, you know, uh, I think he's he's like that's why the Nova joke is an appropriate one because like there's a reason coaches love these Nova guys. You know, they all espouse kind of the same qualities, at least the ones that were coached by Jay Wright. Um, so, yeah, I think any coach would have a big smile on his face on a day like today. I would imagine as well. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for taking some time out of your summer to, to hang out with us. Uh, please subscribe to this YouTube channel and uh, also like and share uh, this video. If you're listening later, I'd one don't don't stop if you're driving and you're listening to this don't don't do it while driving pull over and leave a five-star rating and a review uh we like those uh andrew did i forget anything nope nailed it don't rate review and drive that's the met the, the motto of nick's film school this summer don't i actually do have a question who's the rarest nick raptor you can think of the rarest nick raptor yeah, like, is this a hoops question it's it's a 
not a hoops grid, the well, immaculate grid question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So not Marcus Camby or Charles Oakley. Um or Bargnani. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Uh wasn't Chris Childs a raptor? Yes. Good call. I'm gonna try Chris Childs. Um, I'm gonna say this is less on the Knicks side, more on the Raptors side of obscure, but Jeremy Lynn. Oh, my God. oh, Jeremy. Jeremy's got it. Jeremy Lin. I mean, Jeremy won a title. Excellent job by you. Didn't even get a ring. Wow, that's oh, high. I'm stunned that it's that high. Okay. I guess if it came to me that quickly, it, it probably... What about Nick Hawk? A Nick Hawk. A Nick Nick Hawk? So in the chat, they nailed it. Uh, Jalen Rose and Jose Calderon would have been options. Those were probably more... So oh, New York Rose Nick, is a good one. New York Nick and Atlanta Hawk. You know who should be an option? I hate that they don't do this on the grid. Carmelo the Anthony. Acquired. Yeah. It would have been really funny if it that was, was Carmelo Anthony. Well, was Jared Jack ever a, a member of the Hawks? I think so. I think he was. That would be my pick too. I think, I mean, the obvious one that I think would be too too high a, a value would be Kevin Knox and Cam Reddish. I didn't even think of either of them. Shockingly. Oh, uh, Dimitri in the chat just nailed it. So Jamal Crawford's another one. That would mm-hmm. be good. But Rashid Wallace. Oh, wow. Oh, I my God. Because he, he, he actually he suited up for them for like yeah. a day or something, right? Hold on. I'm, do- I'm doing this. This is great. No, because 2%, she... 2%. Well done. Because she... It was like a, there was a few days between the, the two trades. The, the thing with the Hawks where you'd get in the decimal percentiles, because the Hawks, don't forget, have been around this organization since the 50s. So like I, there's some really good players I'm sure that crossed over those two teams that we're not thinking of right now that uh that will get you so, some good rarity yeah. scores. Some white what dude if, in 1964 that you've just studied for hours, John, and you're you're just blanking on his listen, name, but uh, he's there. He he led the team in <laughs> in steals per game at point three. You don't uh, you don't want to know what I was aggrieved. Aggrieved. I want to tell people. I want to tell. Do you people. really want to? Yes, because it's so funny when you get mad at the grid. <laughs> when he gets, he gets mad at that. Like, well, so who was the player? It was a Nick that had averaged ten rebounds a game. Was Harry Gillette. Gillette. Excuse me. I I just figured out how to pronounce his name. I thought it was Harry Gallatin. Okay, and you were like, "This is one of the five it might greatest be Gallatin. Knicks. I don't know. I'm not one of the five greatest Knicks ever. One of the He's five, not one of the five greatest Knicks ever. He's he one of was the... forgotten to time. Do we not know basketball Knicks fans? Can we be better as a society? And then I beat him by putting Rick Brunson on the on the grid instead of Marcus Camby. Listen, Harry the Horse, mm-hmm. Gallatin, Gallatin, however you pronounce his last name, is unquestionably one of the 15 greatest Knicks ever, if not one of the top 10. Um, kids, if you're watching at home, not driving, well, because you're kids, so you wouldn't be driving, go educate yourself and go look up Harry the Horse Gallatin's stats tonight from Basketball Reference. You will you be go. like, wow, this guy's amazing. Um, as the the Hall of Fame agreed, because he's in the Hall of Fame. He spent the majority of his career with the Knicks. Uh, but nobody remembers these guys. No. no. Last one, a New York. The glue Nick doesn't stick, I guess. A New York Nick. Ah, uh, the, the horse. Oh my yeah. gosh, that got dark, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> I, I rewatched JFK on the flight to Aruba, by the way, and thought of you the entire time. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciated. <laughs> I thought of you with the JFK reference in Oppenheimer, by the way. Yes. Yes. Ah, uh, 
Spoiler alert, kind of. Anyway, last one. New York, yeah, Nick, America made all NBA. the war? I don't know. No, like, there's a thing that like, he's not mentioned until the very end <laughs> yes, as part just, of a resolution to a conflict. No, I know, anyway. I, yes, I saw the movie. Yes. Oh, so you, okay, anyway. Last What's one. the other one? Nick and who? Uh, Nick that made all NBA. This is where we need your, your old man expertise. Oh, I mean. Give me man. a rare one. I'm trying to think of the most obscure one. Yes. Oh, goodness. A New York Nick that made all NBA. So in recent memory, you've got obviously Randall, Carmelo Anthony. I don't think anybody in the 80s. And then when you go to uh, so, the 80s, the 2000s. So I have, actually, I, I would argue Tyson Chandler is recent. So people will probably think of it, but that's pretty obscure. He did make third team. You're right. As um, a center. The Busher made one All NBA team, and it was the year he got traded to the Knicks. Coincidentally enough, uh, but that's kind of obvious because the Busher's one of the seventy-five greatest players who ever lived. Um, I mean, you have to go back to the fifties. I so the guy we were just talking about, Harry Gallatin, he made it. Um, I think Carl Braun probably made at least an All NBA team. I'm actually ashamed that I don't know that off the top of my head. Um. Let's go, Carl Braun. Retired in 1962. What's the number that would it what that the grid would have to be that wouldn't agree with you? Like how many people, how many Knicks fans or basketball fans Carl should Braun? have put this? Yeah. Carl Braun, I think, is like fifth on the t- on the all-time scoring list for the franchise. If you're a Knicks fan, you don't know who fucking Carl Braun is. Like, so oh my God. what's the number? What percentage do you think Carl Braun should be? It's gonna be the percentage is going to be lower than I will find acceptable. So what is acceptable is what I want to get out. If of he me. even made all NBA, I I'm fairly that's certain he did. We'll, we'll we'll cheat because that's the answer we're going with. Two time wanna... two time all NBA okay. uh, inclusion. So What's the number that, oh my gosh, what's the number that you would find acceptable? 10%? I'll go with 5% because he played a long time ago. (laughs) 0.08%. Listen. His picture's in black and white. It's not (laughs) my problem. It's not sepia? The problem, the the problem, the problem. should be a painting is what this is. (laughs) He had to hold still at that picture for 20 minutes. (laughs) The problem The problem with Carl Braun is when he was supposed to be, when he was entering the prime of his career, he had to serve two years of active duty. Both of those years, the Knicks made it to their first of two of what was would be three consecutive finals appearances. He obviously, I mean, the team really, you want to talk about a, a sliding doors moment. If he was on those teams, there's a chance the Knicks win one of those championships. And we and all the people who were like, who are these old farts you're talking about, Macri, that we would remember them because they would be NBA champions. But whatever. Immaculate grid, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway. Jeremy, can you name a Yankee that won rookie of the year? Oh my god. I could even do that, I think. Name one. Like obviously Aaron Judge is a recent one. Right. I'm but. trying to think who else. Well, because uh Hideki lost to Betancourt. I remember that whole Not thing. On El Baroa, but right team Kansas, right. Kansas City Royals. Yeah, the Royals. Um I know Jeter didn't win G- it. Jeter did win it. No, Jeter he did. Did oh, he it. did? Jeter yeah. did, yeah. Oh, I thought he didn't. Wait, I, or was that I'm ignoring Derek Jeter and the obvious ones. The one I went with was Thurman Munson. That's a good one. Yeah. Was it that A Rod didn't win it because he played too many games? Of the or did A Rod? Um, maybe I was just making um, stuff up. I think A Rod might have won it, but I'm not. I sure. thought A Rod came up a, uh, earlier. He came up in '94. 
A-Rod finished second in 96 behind Juan Gonzalez. Oh, it was. A, with a war that was three times as high as Juan yeah. Gonzalez. Anyway, we didn't know anything about baseball back then. No. Anyway. Yeah, but wasn't that because he... No, no, no. Never mind. I'm... I'm um, I see. This is when you get me talking about baseball. It shows that I just how far gone I am when it comes to any other sport at this point. Um, okay, this was great. Uh, we we that, got to fifty minutes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hold on. I just want to check on uh, one thing. He's on a, a Carl. There Braun. it is. Carl Braun, now. fifth on the all-time uh, leaderboard for points. The only the only Knicks that have scored more points than Carl Braun, Allen Houston, Willis Reed, Walt Frazier, and Patrick Ewing scored more points than Nick than Carmelo Anthony. I got to be honest. So, I feel like that says still more about the franchise than it does about Carl Braun. Bingo. But I'm glad we are talking about him and that his legacy can live on. And Richie, and Richie Garen's the other one who like, again, go, go look up Richie Garen and, and, and some of the, some of the years that he had, and you'll be like, Whoa, I didn't know the Knicks ever had someone that did this. Um, okay. We've from Brooklyn, that. by the way. Yeah, Rich Garen in in oh, the, Carl Braun. It's from Brooklyn. Oh, uh, Braun. Yeah, Braun. Yeah. Uh, yes, Braun Brooklyn. That's why I used to remember that. But Rich Garen in the it's forgotten about because it was the greatest offensive season in NBA history, including this one. It was the year when Wilt averaged fifty, and I don't know how many other guys averaged uh, thirty. Averaged twenty nine points a game for the Knicks, which was the highest scoring average in a single season for any Nick until uh, Bernard King came along and 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 broke that record. Uh, okay. Jeremy going through vacation. Andrew, thanks for hopping on. Everybody out there, uh, we hope you enjoyed this uh, Josh Hart emergency, not emergency live stream slash Nick's history lesson. We will be back with you with more uh, content soon. Take care. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com